With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees always included, so you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Plus, at Metro, get the latest 5G phones, like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks when you switch. That's the best deal in wireless, so you can take control of your day wherever it takes you. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. for blind people, where we talk about issues in the blindness uh, community. Uh, today, it's uh, a great honor for me to have uh, Kevin Hoffman is joining us today. Um, I read his bio. Uh, you've had a uh, you've you've had an incredibly fascinating life, uh, and you have a lot of knowledge and wisdom to share with our audience. Uh, blind or not. So, Kevin, welcome to Aaron's Opinion. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So, you know, one of the um, topics that I was telling you about over Messenger earlier today before we started the show was that I am blind. You know, you heard you heard the voice over there. And one of the themes, you know, in my life um, – by the way, I'm, I'm 28 years old, so one of the themes so far in my life has been that you really have to overcome discrimination. And I want to ask you both in a, in a philosophical sense, a professional sense, and of course for the, you know, for, for the podcast, that I personally have noticed, and I've done a lot of traveling, I've noticed that in America, uh, we seem to have a very high problem with discrimination uh, across the board, I feel. Uh, whether it's about, you know, heritage, disability, uh, political opinions that you do or do not have, foods you do or do not eat. I find that Americans are just very discriminatory people, uh, in my opinion. Um, and I, I feel that's really not, I feel it's really not appropriate. Uh, but I have noticed this problem in the United States. What can you, uh, what do you think about that and what can you tell us? Yes, yeah, so... A lot of what I do now is I work with schools, K through 12, and universities, as well as corporations. And I work in the area of most people call it diversity and inclusion. I call it cultural intelligence. Um, And my goal is to work with schools and corporations to create an environment where everyone can thrive. Um, And so... I will address it with the extremes and say that schools and corporations, we've got to create this environment, which isn't easy to do, where the guy with the Make America Great Again hat and the kid with the Black Lives Matter t-shirt can coexist. 
Um, and I think yes. And I'm glad you asked that question because I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And there was, it was interesting. I was on vacation and I was getting into an elevator. So I'm biracial. Um, and there was this little kid, little white boy. He was probably seven or eight. And he stood right in the middle of the doorway and refused to move for me. And I thought, wow, there's something about this country where by the age of seven or eight, we've already told this little white kid that he really doesn't have to move the older black man. And I thought, wow, what are we doing to send that message? Um, and then I got really deep with it. And it, at just about that time, there was the case, and I think it was out in California, this college kid had been caught raping a woman. And it, and it was just, it was, it occurred to me that if you tell someone the world is yours and everything that's in it is yours, things like that happen where you feel like I have every right to claim everybody around me. And so I thought, wow, what are we doing as a society? That, and what can we do to prevent that? And so much of my time speaking to people of color and we're the ones where the burden becomes on us to educate everybody else. And so since that elevator ride, I've, I've thought about, wow, we also need to get to, you know, white families and tell them, what do you ask them? What are you going to do to prevent this con that goes on with, you know, little white kids that tells them the world is theirs when it wouldn't it be better if we just said the world is ours to share um and so i think yeah we have a big problem with discrimination here uh in the united states and i think it's because for so long we've told one part of the population that everything is yours so, so anytime people cringe upon that because they just want equality you get this big backlash and i see that with schools that i work with that are usually predominantly white uh, and oftentimes you will get parents who say why are you coming into a community we're fine there's nothing broken here and so yeah that's probably the biggest part is to point out discrimination of people to get them to see it and then try to figure out a way where we can all be happy and thrive and still respect each other and allow each other the space to be who we want to be. I, I completely, I agree with you 100%. That first story you told uh, is, is disturbing, um, that, a, that a, white, a white child uh, would treat you like that. I, I promise you that if I had behaved that way as a child, my parents would never have tolerated that poor behavior. Um, but you not, not, not to... Well, in, in a sense, we, we, we do need to judge a little bit if we want to fix this problem of, of discrimination. Um, I don't know. Per, perhaps that child had very – perhaps the child had ignorant parents uh, who were just simply ignorant people and just, uh, you know, mis just simply ignorant people. There are – there are in, in, my, in my opinion, in America, we have a lot of people who are simply – I guess it's – you know, some people are just ignorant, I feel, out of – out of sometimes it's laziness, um, but other times um, pe 
people are just just not very knowledgeable, and that is uh, not an excuse uh, to misbehave and to be discriminatory by any means. But we, but certainly at the same time, you know, there's enormously high number of ignorance, and I, I see it too uh, with um, just as often and just as frequently, you know, with with the disability community. You know, there's a lot of discrimination uh, towards blind people and towards all, all disabilities face immense ignorance and immense discrimination um, as well. And I think, I, I think you might be on to something that, it, you know, if we, tell, if we tell everybody that everything kind of belongs to them, as, as you said, um, I, I, think, I think the way that I, that my, my interpretation or the way, the way that I, I put that is basically so many Americans are, are entitled, have this, uh, this imaginary sense of entitlement. You are, in, 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 my, in my humble opinion, people are, people are not entitled to things. You know what you're entitled to do? You should be entitled to, to a roof over your head, a supportive family, a great education, and a great job. And, right. and, if, and th- that's, that's what you're entitled to. You're entitled to what you work for and towards, not what is given to you. Because any any goal that I have had in my life so far, anything that I have wanted to do that I've had to work for and was not given to me was always something that I enjoyed a lot more and was always something that I performed better at because I had to work hard at it. So there's I think I think there's really a lot going on. I think there's there's the, the ignorance, the discrimination, the entitlement. I it's not just one thing. But I think that the it's certainly not one one factor in my opinion, and I think though that the the thing, the thing that really always I guess always always frustrates me when I face discrimination is you know what this is America. If there's any country where everyone should have knowledge and everyone should know that discrimination is wrong, it's America. Because I, I, I will tell you, I've been to some other countries in, in Eastern Europe and really, you know, uh, England, France, uh, uh, a couple places like that overseas. And um, although people with, uh, with disabilities uh, may not work uh, all the time, I found that those, in my opinion, I found that, that people in that part of the world act and seem to be a lot, uh, a lot less discriminatory. Um, and um, and a lot more accommodating in a sense. Um, and, and I think that it, it also has to do with tolerance, too, that in America, for some reason, and if you know why, please tell us. I would love to know why. In America, so many people tolerate poor behavior. And in other countries, you know, it's, you know, behaving badly is something that's just not tolerated in, in the society. So I think that's a lot of it too. I think the social uh, expectations too. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. So, um, what? So when you when you go into these uh, schools, um, you know, what are some what are some things uh, that you that you do and say? You know, how how does it work when you go into these? Uh, K-12 schools? So, there's a couple different things that yeah. I do. One thing I do, I used to go in, and I don't do it as much anymore. Uh, I would 
and I'm still playing with whether I'm going to do that. But uh, what I prefer to do is partner with schools for at least a year because it takes a while to kind of undo some of the behaviors that we're seeing in schools. Um, and so I will go in and initially usually start in the, early in the school year and we'll pull in all the kids who feel they are, I guess, part of a diverse population or those who think it's important that we address diversity and inclusion. So we'll bring the kids in. And so what that will do is it will bring in, you know, usually the kids of color, uh, the LBGT uh, community, uh, kids with disabilities, and we'll just simply ask them in these focus groups, so tell us what it's like here in this school, you know, if you're a you know, person of color, what's that like? And then we use that information to go back to the school and educate the school because a lot of times, a lot of the school's administrators and teachers don't want to believe that these kids can be really horrible to each other out of their earshot. And it's all, it's really done purposefully when you start to look at it, that most of the horrible things that are said between students is done between classes in the hallways where no one's monitoring that kind of behavior. Um, and so we bring that to the attention of uh, the administrators and we put a plan together as to, so how are we going to do this where we create this environment in your school where we're going to allow every kid to be who they want to be uh, and give them that three feet around them. So one speech that I do, a keynote speech that I do is called Give Me Three Feet. And it's simply, you know, and this is where we go wrong as adults, too, is that we want everyone to believe how we believe. So then we spend all this energy trying to convince someone of our ideologies or our politics or our religion. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm so set in what I believe. You're not really going to convince me to go to your side. So why waste the time? So, and you know, and that's, and that's a really, a really outstanding, really outstanding point, which is why in my, in my job, I'm, I'm a teacher online. Um, so my job is a teacher, uh, and I got into podcasting, you know, about six months ago, as I said, um, on, on messenger before you came in, but just, just for the show so that everybody understands, I created Aaron's opinion because I feel like we, we seem to have a really a lacking of strong podcasts that are geared towards people with disabilities that really share what I feel to be, well, my opinion, which is an appropriate message for dealing with our challenging society um, in, in, in an appropriate and a, and a successful way. Uh, but I, I never, I will never convince you, nor will I convince my audience, nor will I convince any future guest of any of my opinions um, whether they're strange or not, because, because it is simply, and I, I never convince people that I'm right because that's contrary to human, to human nature. We believe what, what we know to be true because that's, because that in itself is a survival skill. And if we never believe in ourselves, then we simply would not have survived as long as we have as people. So no, I don't, I don't convince, I, I'm not into that whole, that whole art of convincing. Let me convince you. No, somebody wants to con- somebody wants to convince me. No, leave a message after the tone. 
with the K through 12 system, and we'll bring the parents in and say, "What's your experience?" And that is, I, the, we've done that. We've really gotten into that with one school district I'm working with this last year, and I wish we would have captured those meetings because the parents did such a great job. There were uh, several parents of color in these groups, and they would say, they would just explain from their experience what their concerns are with letting their child go to this predominantly white school and some of the things that have been said or done to their kids. And it was just so eye-opening for the teachers and other parents. We had parents there, white parents there as well. And it was just eye-opening them to, to understand. And then I think it was just this kind of understanding that as a parent, this is the stuff you have to deal with on a daily basis. And there was some compassion in that room for that. And I really appreciated that parent expressing it that way. And then other parents being open to saying, wow, I didn't understand that was your experience in a school district that I thought we were okay, but we definitely got a lot of work to do. Um, and that's the biggest issue that I run into is we dismiss each other because our experiences are different. So if I say, yeah, I think that kid is treating me funny because I'm black, and you've never experienced that, what I will often get then is, well, no, you got that wrong. And you couldn't, no, couldn't have been that. And I say, look, I have 53 years of experience in identifying what that is because my frequency is tuned into that. It's up from as long as I can remember. Because like you said, you early on childhood development, you have to figure out what is safe and what is it? And so as a right. young child, I, I can tell you as early as six, seven, or eight, I was having these this kind of mental exercise in my head that would say, okay, is this house that I'm about to go into, I'm in this white neighborhood, one of the only people of color in the next two streets, is this house safe for me to go into? Or is this store safe for me to go into? And if it wasn't safe, I would just check it off my list. And that was done for my own survival. And a lot of that had to do with how comfortable did I feel in that store or around those families. And a lot of that, I learned over you know 50-some years that a lot of that did have some roots in racism. And at the very least, bias. Um, and so trying to do is just get schools to say okay we're open to everyone's experience and we want to know you know what your experience is like because that helps all kids um the pushback you get a lot too well really this is only going to benefit the small minority of kids that we have in the school and that's really not true um my son my oldest son well both my kids are in college and my one son came home and shared a story with me about this this uh, white kid in, in this class. And I, it was a class on culture. And it was described that this white kid had grown up in a white community, white church, white family, and had never really been around people unlike him. And what comes with that is 
he was never around someone who didn't think like he did or ever challenged the way he thought. So when he gets into this, what most people would term this liberal class, and people were challenging what he's always thought, he actually failed the class because he couldn't handle that. Because at 18 or 19 years old, he had never been challenged. No one had ever challenged his ideologies, his politics, his religion. And so I think as the world is changing, it's becoming more and more multicultural, need to do a better job for all kids so that when we send, if your school's goal is to send out these kids to be productive kids in today's society, then you've got to prepare them for the different environments they're going to walk into for their own safety. And you've got to, you've got to embrace diversity because then that just, it just makes it easier when you're sending these kids out to this, this multicultural environment. I got to do a better job. Could not could not agree more. That's really that's really 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 interesting. That, that's an interesting story. I, I, I pushed the uh, thumbnail on your website as I was doing my homework, and I, 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 I you, you speak about that very case where that kid couldn't handle being challenged, you know. But that also the the way that and as you were just explaining it to me right now, as I was hearing that in my in among the other side of my mind, I was thinking, you know. That, that kid, it sounds like that kid was raised in perhaps a very, uh, maybe a very ignorant environment with perhaps being around a lot of ignorant people if, because simply you said he was never, he was never taught how to ask questions and how to handle being, being rejected or handle someone who had a different ideology than him. Well, it's kind of, kind of show, it's kind of demonstrating a, a type or a, some sort of a version of, of, like, not not maybe some sort of an, an ignorance in in a sense, being unaware that the rest of the world doesn't agree with you, and and I will I will tell you that the rest of the world does not agree with me about everything. But I think that that's interesting, and I prefer having conversations where people do not agree. And anytime someone always agrees with me, I'm always very concerned about that person because it's showing me that they are not really actively thinking about what I'm saying. So it's really yes. What? Yes. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah, that's right. And it's really, really, quite, really, quite concerning. Um, and if you go to a university, almost with exception of maybe two or three, in my opinion, most universities are liberal, and yeah. most people who work at universities are are probably liberal, and most people who are in a university environment either truly are liberal or like to act that they are liberal because, because you know, you got to act like you're liberal at a university because everybody else acts liberal. So, you, you know, you never really, in a university, so you never really know everybody acts liberal. And so there's, there's very, very little, very little conservatism or conservative thought at really any major university. Um, and, and, and I mean, that's a different, completely different issue, but that, that's also, in a sense, a philosophical problem. The fact that our education system, in a sense, has to be, you know, geared towards this liberal school of thought. Well, why can't, why can't we put the gear in the middle and gear it towards education or gear it in, in neutral? No. What, and why do you, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're the expert. Why do you think, by the way, why do you think that's the case? Why, why are so many people in the education sector um, 
pushed towards this school of thought of liberalism? What, what do you think? That's interesting because I don't, I don't see that in K through twelve. Um, we, I see it totally different. Like they, yeah. And the most of the pushback I get is from the conservative side, which is, you know, it's interesting. So when you talk about diversity, what what I see is. People just think it's because you look different or you are different. But diversity also has to do with we all think we think different because of the experience, our different experiences. And so it's a great example. We used to go to this church, which I'm up. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees always included, so you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. 
Plus, at Metro, get the latest 5G phones, like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks when you switch. That's the best deal in wireless, so you can take control of your day wherever it takes you. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details.